You are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle. Hi everyone, you are listening to episode 96 of The Music Room. This is all about growth mindset in The Music Room. Before we get started, I just want to apologize that it took me a little bit longer to get back to recording the podcast. I did step into my new role, as some of you know if you've listened to the most recent podcast episode before summer break. I am now the Unified Arts Curriculum Supervisor for my district, so I am no longer in my own music classroom, but am supporting music teachers K-12 in my district as well as arts, health and PE, world language at the middle school level, and family and consumer sciences as well. So it was just a little bit busier and a little bit of a transition to get into this new role. So I'm feeling a little bit more settled and I'm excited to be back. All right, so we are going to dive in to growth mindset in the music room. So before we get started with that, I wanted to give a definition of what growth mindset is. And this definition is by Carol Dweck, and I'll talk about her resource a little bit more in a minute. But she says, in a growth mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just the starting point. This view creates a love of learning and a resilience that is essential for great accomplishment. And her book is called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. I will link to that in the show notes. It's a great read. I read it several years ago. And, you know, I, I think it's just good to think about growth mindset as a teacher, obviously, and how to instill a growth mindset with your own students. But it's also good for us as people to think about growth mindset as well. So in this podcast episode, I'm just going to give you five quick tips that could help your students with growth mindset in the music classroom. All right, so number one is, you know, in a music classroom, we so often sing. So my first tip is to discuss with your students how singing is a skill, not just a talent. So this I really feel in my own personal life because as a kid, I loved to sing, but I wasn't a great singer. And my sister and my best friend at the time used to tell me, to stop singing all the time, but I just kept doing it because I loved it. And I have shared this with my own students and with the parent community as well, because so often people think of singing as a talent and not just a skill. And they think you either have it or you don't. And I share with parents and with students that, you know what, like we used to be told to stop singing and I just kept doing it because I loved it so much. And now I sing all the time as part of my job. So, you know, and I've shared with parents, like I'm never gonna be on American Idol, but I am a solid singer. You know, I sing well enough that I do do it as part of my job and You know, students often tell me I have a beautiful singing voice, which is so nice, but I used to be told to stop singing. So it's a skill. It's something just like with math or with reading that you just keep doing it and then eventually you get better, right? So of course there are people in this world that naturally have a beautiful singing voice, but even the people who naturally have a great singing voice they work at it and their singing becomes even better. And of course, this can extend to musicianship as well, right? Playing piano, drumming, playing flute, playing saxophone, whatever. There are students, there are people who will naturally be a little bit better, but they still work at it. So that really goes well with growth mindset. So I think just like talking about that with students can be powerful because we've all had students who are like, oh, I'm not a good singer. I'm not a good musician, whatever. I'm not good at music. 
And unfortunately, they may have been told that by someone in their family. This I feel like happens a lot with parents where they'll kind of like peg one student as, oh, that student is the student, that kid is the one that's good at sports. This kid is the one that's good at music, right? And then in their head, they feel limited, like, oh, well, I'm good at sports, but I'm not good at music or vice versa or whatever, right? So just having that discussion with students, even in first grade, I just would, you know, say it and kind of talk about it in kid-friendly language. And like I said, I shared it with the parent community during an informants because I was doing solo singing with the kids where a few students who were volunteering were singing solos at the beginning of class. And that's when I shared it with parents. And I just think that can be a powerful piece for kids to hear that, for parents to hear that, that it is something that can be grown. All right, my second tip is to avoid the use of the word smart. I'm gonna try to find a citation for this because I've kind of heard this as like a study say, but I need to find the actual study that says this and there may be more than one or the article or whatever that might be. But the I remember hearing this years ago that if you use the word smart, it's actually it can actually be detrimental to students if you say, oh, you're so smart. And I don't know if the thinking is like, then they feel like they have to live up to that. And then if they make a mistake, they feel like they're not living up to the word smart that you've bestowed upon them. Like I said, I'm gonna find a study or an article or something that lends itself to that. But anecdotally, I've heard that several times. And and I've, I've, I've been guilty of it. Like it's it's hard when you have been saying the word smart with your own kids or with your students. I try to, Carol Dweck talks about this in her resource, like encouraging their effort instead of their ability can be helpful. So like, oh, you worked so hard at that. That was, you know, that was really great effort instead of, oh, you're so smart is, and she might actually talk about the the word smart in her resource. It's been several years since I read it, but just kind of like thinking about as you're talking with students or as you're talking about talking to your own children, if you have your own children, really thinking about that, like, you know, encouraging their effort more so than their ability can be helpful. All right, number three, as musicians, we've all heard practice makes perfect. And I think it's helpful instead of using that phrase, practice makes perfect, to say something like practice makes progress. Because like who's ever perfect, right? Even like the greatest musicians will make mistakes. So I think it sets up more of a fixed mindset when you say practice makes perfect because students may shut down if they practice and they practice and they still make a mistake, then they feel like, well, I I must be doing something wrong because I practiced and I'm not perfect yet. So to say something like practice makes progress, I think encourages a growth mindset a little bit more. And I should say, I'm not an expert with growth mindset. I'm just telling you, you know, anecdotally from a music teacher perspective, what has worked for me in my classroom and, and in my own life. So Number three, practice makes progress. Number four, and this I learned in high school, actually from my high school band director, is to celebrate mistakes. She was really great at this. She would call something a good mistake. So like we were playing a piece of music and someone made a loud mistake, right? Like it was like a really obvious mistake. She would point it out right away. That was a good mistake. Thank you for making that mistake and being confident about the mistake because the whole point is like instead of like meekly making the mistake and you can't really tell that somebody made a mistake because they were so quiet about it, that somebody was like so confident in what they were doing that they played it and you heard it, you know? So I think that kind of wording encourages like do whatever you're going to do with confidence and if you make a mistake, that's okay. And to point out like, well, okay, that was a mistake, but 
it was played with confidence and this is the way it should be played instead. I think like celebrates that mistakes will happen and it's okay. I think especially nowadays students are just they put this pressure on themselves to always be perfect and to never make mistakes. And, and my own youngest daughter has struggled with that. And I've had that conversation with her where she's been like, you know, upset with herself for making a mistake. And, and I've said to her, well, you're human. You're going to make a mistake. I make mistakes all the time, you know? So to celebrate mistakes, I think is, is helpful. And then the fifth tip I have for you as far as growth mindset goes is to set goals with your students. And there's a few different ways to do this. At the beginning of the year, as you're listening to this, it's still kind of the start of the year, right? At the beginning of the year or through projects, you could set musical goals. So it could be like at the beginning of the year, you have students set a goal for the music room in general. It could be at the beginning of a unit, like an ukulele unit or a recorder unit or something like that. You have students set goals for themselves. I've done this with Genius Hour and I can link in the show notes to a podcast episode all about Genius Hour that I've I did with fifth grade. I also have a set in my Teachers Pay Teacher store all about Genius Hour, but I'll link to all of that in the show notes. And to find the show notes, you can go to aileensmusicroom.com and then you click podcast and then you can find this podcast episode. But the idea of just like having students, even if it's just a turn and talk, like what is your goal for the music room this year? Or what is your goal for ukulele this year? Or then, like I said, if you listen more to the Genius Hour podcast, you can get some specifics about how I did goals with that. Having students set goals for themselves and then after the project or after they've done that unit, having them reflect on their goals. You know, what did you learn? Did you meet your goal? What could you do differently? Is a good way to encourage growth mindset so they can see how far they have come. All right, I hope that was helpful for you as you consider how to encourage growth mindset in the music room. All right, I'm gonna talk about what I'm consuming. I am reading a book right now called But You Don't Look Autistic At All, and it's by Bianca Topes, I think is how you say the last name, T-O-E-P-S. I will link to it in the show notes as well. But it's a really easy read. I was actually reading it at the pool the other day. Super easy to read at the pool. And Bianca, the author, is autistic, and she talks, She it's actually really interesting. She uh, is talking through like the lens of DSM, like the description of autism in the DSM, And she goes through each descriptor and then like talks about her own experience and how she resonates with that and how that part of the description of autism resonates with her and why and how. And then sometimes she's like, no, that that part of it doesn't really apply to me. You know, because you may have heard the phrase, it's something like if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism because it is a spectrum and it will look different for each person. But obviously there are also commonalities. So it's been really interesting to read. I was reading it from a parent perspective because my youngest daughter is on the spectrum, but it, I think is great for anybody to, even if you don't have children who are autistic, we all have students who are autistic. And it makes me think reading this book that it's probably pretty undiagnosed too, because it is such a spectrum. And you have people who just have a a few things that they, that might resonate with them. And then you have some who resonate more. It's just really interesting to read about all of these just ways that she has coped with it and the struggles that she faces as an adult. I was actually talking to um, some of my team in my new role. I have a curriculum team and we were talking about the book and one person on the team said, you know, we think a lot about kids with autism. We don't 
think a lot about adults and we don't I mean and maybe that's more just a teacher perspective right because we're so focused on kids but I probably think society in general really thinks about autistic kids but not necessarily autistic adults so great read because probably someone in your life is autistic so it just you know helps us have more empathy and have more strategies so yeah but you don't look autistic at all by bianca topes i hope that this has been helpful for you as you consider growth mindset in your music room and i hope that you have a great day bye